folks back here with uh, my buddy Paxson Welber. How you doing Paxson? Pretty good. How's it going? Pretty good. I was uh, in Juneau quarantined and I wasn't able to do as many podcasts. Uh, one, because people didn't want to be around me and two, because <laughs> it was just a weird, weird time. So I've been back in Anchorage for a while. Took, took a little break from the podcast, but we're back. Very excited to be joined by you. We've, we've done another podcast, haven't we? Uh, yeah. I mean, we did the podcast with Kale about the founding of the landmine. That's a very loose story. Yeah. It's like, moderately loose. We found it at a black cup. We did. We did. Um, today I want to talk about Campbell Lake. This is the, the, of all the stories we've done, hundreds of stories in the landmine. Um, Campbell Lake is the one everyone seems to know about. In fact, today we went over to the easement to check out the access and a, a guy had stopped and I think he lived in the area. Right. And he was like, you guys looking mm-hmm. for the easement access? Some random guy. Um, it's just, we've gotten so much feedback on the story and it's our biggest story by far. So, uh, I want to talk yeah. a little bit about kind of how it happened, how, how it, how it came about and then what happened after we started looking into it, um, and the kind of follow-up stories and then, you know, where, where it all ended up. Yeah. I think the most interesting part is, and this is in the first story, the main, the main special feature, but let's talk a little bit about kind of how you even became aware that, that like was in fact public, in, in fact, public with public access. Oh yeah. So a buddy and I were going to go, uh, uh, pack raft down Campbell Creek and we parked a car right where Campbell Creek goes into Campbell Lake in a neighborhood there. And, uh, we were trying to leave a car there in this little cul-de-sac and this guy comes out of his house. Um, he has a cop car in his driveway. I assume he's a, he was a cop like a cruiser. Yeah. And he literally, uh, stepped in front of my car and prevented us from leaving and then did the little, like, roll down your window. Like thing. physically blocked you from. Oh yeah. 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 And then he, he, you know, did the, did the hand motion. And he said, uh, you know, Campbell Lake is a, it's a private lake and this is a private street. So you're going to have to move your car. And I got to say, I, you know, I growing up in Anchorage. I just thought Campbell Lake was a private lake. Like everybody else thought. Um, but I knew the street was not private. Um, and I knew that was some, <laughs> some BS. I mean, it was a normal city street with a like normal Anchorage city street sign. And that actually bugged me. So it w- actually wasn't even the lake that I, it's not like one of those gated hillside no. communities where that, that is a private. No, it was just hundred percent public street. So it was actually not the lake. It was like the street, the, the claim that the street was uh private that annoyed me at first. Um, so we actually moved the car to the other side of diamond. It wasn't a big deal at all. Um, but it kind of stuck in my head that like, man, this guy, like why this guy was lying about the street. And like, there's something, there's just something really weird and, going on with this lake. And this was a while. This wasn't recent. This was like a couple of years ago. Yeah, right? This is like three or four years ago. Yeah. So that just stuck with you. Yeah. It bothered me partly because this guy was just like, there was this swagger and kind of macho attitude of like, I'm going to stop your car and like kick you out of my neighborhood. Like, and it just kind of, it really rubbed me the wrong way. So, um, so, so you, you, was there, what was, was there any inspiration or motivation or, cause you emailed fish and DNR, right? Yeah. So this is actually kind of weird. So the place that we had parked to get from there, this little cul-de-sac to Campbell Creek or Campbell Lake, you had to step over this like two foot wide finger of private property and it, it legitimately is private property. So I posed a question in like a legal form online, um, just cause I thought it was a funny legal question. Like, Hey, if you're standing on a public street and you jump over somebody's private property, are you, are you trespassing? 
Um, not cause I actually was planning on like jumping over this little tiny ribbon of private property, but just cause I thought it was like funny question. And somebody actually wrote back and was like, are you in Alaska? You should email DNR about it and ask about Campbell Lake. I was like, well, I don't actually care about Campbell Lake, but I mean, okay, the, the sure. post, the post you had said where it was. So people knew it was around Campbell Lake. Yeah. I mean, I must've said I was in it. Well, I must've said I was in Alaska cause law is different. Um, state by state. Um, so, so you emailed and this is in March of 2019, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. It was totally offhanded. Like I just Googled DNR email, you know, contact form. And I think, I think the craziest part about this story is you had emailed them and they, they had taken a while, a month or some time to get back to you. Right. Yeah. A little while. Yeah. Maybe a week or a couple and, weeks. Anyway. So you you for, kind of forgot about it. Then they email you back. You had actually mentioned this to me in maybe May, June, uh, of 2019, <laughs> you, you would like, yeah. met, so, and, but with the way you brought it up was you had said Campbell Lake has a, I don't even know. You said easement. I think you said easement and I didn't really know what you meant. And you come remember you joked about maybe doing a picnic, having a picnic or something. Yeah. I mean, cause DNR wrote back and they were really blunt and they just said, um, Campbell Lake is a, is a public lake and, um, there's a public easement. Leading but, across two parcels of land. But when you when you brought it up to me, we you called me, and I didn't really understand. I just had this weird in my mind. I, I was thinking around the shore. If you walk over from from the from the estuary where where the dam is, I was thinking maybe you could kind of. I didn't really know what it meant. I didn't understand it. I guess. Yeah. I so, mean, all this stuff is really like, it's it's really like nerdy land use law, you know. So I didn't understand at all what it meant, and you mentioned it, and I kind of. I think you mentioned that that it was around Senator Von Imhoff's property. And I remember thinking like, what? I didn't really know what you, you meant. And then we, you brought it up again and we went to Spinard Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. This is actually, yeah. folks, if, if you want to, if you want to know the truth, Landmine, uh, Landmine does a lot of meetings at Spinard Roadhouse. It is by far the biggest, like single expense that Landmine has. I mean, it's, it's maybe not the biggest single expense, but I for, mean, if you add up all the meals for over for meals, absolutely. <laughs> we, we go there all the time. Wait, but do we actually have any bigger expense than Spinard Roadhouse? Like for a single thing? I for think a we, single, I mean like, well, we pay like sat like salaries or like, well, cause probably, we don't really you know, have salaries, I guess profit, whatever. I mean, we spend a lot of money at Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so we went there. Like we, we don't have our own table there, but like we probably we should. should. Yeah. We should. We'll get one soon. Yeah. So <laughs> especially with this quarantine, you know, they have a lot of space. Yeah. So you, we went there and you showed me what Fish and, Ga- what, what Fish and Game sent you. Because you, you emailed DNR, yeah. but Fish and Game handles waterways and that's why they got back to you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, maybe we should say that, that um, for some reason, ADF and G. Um, Department of Fish and Game. Yeah. Fish and Game manages... They manage like waterways and all that. Yeah, so they had gotten yeah. back to you with, and you had brought this to, and I don't, I don't think, I don't even think we were going there to talk about this. You just had brought it with you. And this is, this must've been July of 2019, mm-hmm. maybe August. Yeah. Because I remember you showing me the documents and, and then that, and I'm kind of a visual person. So I remember seeing the document they sent you that shows the easement that crosses Senator Von Imhoff's property and the neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, basically stipulated or it said very clearly it's a public lake and here's the public access. And I said, I remember saying to you, fucking wait a minute. You're telling me, <laughs> you're telling me there's a public access to Campbell Lake that goes through Senator Von Newhouse's property and she tried to eliminate it 
in 2004 or five when she bought the property. This was, to me, this yes. was like, oh my God. I mean, the fact that there's access is, is just incredible. But the fact that, and, and this is this is maybe one of the biggest um, misconceptions with the story. Some, a lot of people or some people think that this was like me going out because I ran against her in 2016 and this was like me going after her or me on a vendetta or me like doing a title search. I had nothing to do with this. Maybe we should explain, just kind of make it clear that um, so the lake itself is considered public under um, the, well, actually it's a, it's a constitutional right to access navigable waterways in Alaska. Um, and then there's an easement that allows um, uh, unre- pretty unrestricted public access. Well, and, that, and, and, it, and it crosses Senator um, Natasha Von Imhoff and her husband's property and then an, and the an adjacent property and connects a public roadway with the public lake. Um, so I got this opinion back from, uh, or opinion, I don't know, whatever it is, statement back from ADF and G. And, uh, my, honestly, my first thought was like, wow, this is crazy, but like, we, we can't do anything with this. Like, cause it's like, it's, it's a Von Emma. Like, what, what are you going like? to, I, as soon as you, as soon as you showed me the documents, I knew right away. So this is a fucking story. I mean, it's a story regardless because, because of the, and we'll get into, the, we'll get yeah. into this later about kind of the history of the lake and the owners and what the homeowner association did. But this is the first time I've ever heard. I'm sure I've heard it before, but the first time I ever really thought, what is a section line easement? And then, then we started really going down the path of, look, we have to write about this. And I think, and you had been working on the, that was your, your, your opus, your, <laughs> your, uh, one man's mountain Stewart trail. Yeah. But I said, look, let's just, let's just do this story. And we started doing this research, but there was two things that happened that I think are, well, there's one thing that really we'll talk about the, uh, the photograph, uh, yeah. the surveillance photo. So, so we started <laughs> looking into this. I started researching a lot about section line easements. Uh, we talked to lawyers and we had done other research and you had found, you know, all these properties for sale that showed it as a, everything we found, even Craig Medrid and the Alaska Great Great Land Trust had shown documents or referenced it as a private lake. Yeah. I mean, it just everybody in, almost everybody in Anchorage just thought Campbell Lake was a private lake because that's what the residents have been saying for years. And, you know, there were so many stories of like boaters being chased off of the lake. And I moved here um, in 04 and I have a friend who lives on the lake and knows some folks. And, and I've a couple of times I've gone on there. It's like, I have to ask permission. You have to use their, their, their property. And it's always like, make sure to get permission. Yeah. The HOA actually put out, um, they have this whole like lake use rules sheet where it's like members of the public may not be admitted unless they're guests of a lakeside resident mm-hmm. or something. It's like, it's really aggressive. So, so there's two things that happened. Um, one is you, you actually called Leo, right? The man, the, oh, the, the manager. Yeah. Poor Leo. Yeah. Poor Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, Lord protector Leo from the, Aww. the parody, the parody article, the satire article. Yeah. So Leo was listed online as, I don't know what, like the property manager, property the agent, manager. Yeah. yeah. For the HOA. And I asked Leo, you know, is Campbell Lake a, you know, is it a private lake? You, and, you called, right? Yeah. I called. Yeah. And he just said, yes, it's a private lake. There's no public access. Nobody's allowed on, or I don't remember what the exact, no, I kind of did a voice for him just now. He was actually perfectly nice, but he was really clear. Um, yeah, the, you are not allowed on, on our lake. Yeah. So we had kept discussing this and, and decided we were going to write about it. And then I said, well, let's go. And this is before, I think the most interesting part of the story is kind of how it came together from the first September 20th was the first, uh, you know, special feature. And then from there, we did several follow-up articles, and, and mm-hmm. we can talk about where that culminated in December. But by this point, we didn't know much. We didn't know 
as nearly as much as we did by the end. So I said, let's go knock on the neighbor's door because we knew Senator von Imhoff and her husband knew about it because uh, they had documents showing they tried to vacate the easement. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. When you showed me the documents, it, it showed that they tried to vacate, they tried to eliminate the easement. And that's even more compelling for me. It's like, wait a minute, it crosses the property and they tried to eliminate it back in 2004 or five. Yeah, so the yeah the von Imhoffs knew that there there was this public access corridor across their property connecting the road with the lake, and um, yeah, I mean they they went to quite a bit of effort to get that eliminated. They hired an engineering firm called uh, Dowell Engineering. Let's 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 go into that one later. Because, okay, okay. Because at this we point, we didn't know anything other than all we knew was there was access, there was an easement across the property of von Imhoff and the neighbor. Yeah, that's all we knew, and then she tried to eliminate it. That's all we knew. So I said, let's go talk to the guy, the neighbor, Doctor Frost. Let's go ask him if he's aware of this, because that would be a reasonable thing to do. This thing crosses, mm-hmm. it crosses her property, her and her husband. And then really the access, as far as getting into the lake, really goes through the Frost property. And, there, and there's, a, there's a dock back there, a float plane kind of dock and, and, a, and a lake dock. So we go over there and it's like a Wednesday, it's summertime, it's hot, we're wearing shorts, it's noon. We knock on the guy's door, wait for a few minutes, nobody's home. We leave. We look at the easement. We're kind of because because it was pretty clear. It said no 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 fencing can be built. No no obstructions. No well, no I mean, signs. Just, we we didn't really like look at the easement. We just kind of st- we just stood in his driveway by his front door. We, we didn't like walk into the trees or anything. No no. But on, when we left the front of like the, the, the where the easement starts. Oh, oh yeah, road. like front from the street. Yeah yeah we, yeah. yeah we we didn't hang around his property. We didn't go in his backyard or anything. We just knocked, waited, walked back to the front of the driveway, looked at the area. We left. And, uh, you know, we're still kind of working on the story. And then a week later, I get a text from somebody who, who I don't want to say who, but somebody who's kind of, I'm going to protect them, but somebody who lives near the lake, everybody knows. And the, and Lee, uh, Dr. Frost had circulated the image, an image of you and I, I look like a fucking hunchback. <laughs> it's like an intensely unflattering. I look, uh, I look really image. bad. And you, and you look. Much better, but you, you also, didn't, didn't you say you look like you gained some weight or something? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it's these weird. It was not a, it was not a good angle. It's these fucking weird surveillance photos. And they sent them to all the whole HOA saying, beware of these suspicious men in the area. <laughs> and that's when I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like we're, we're lighting these people. Like we're doing the store. We're going to, we're going to light these people up for, I mean, for, for, for knocking on a door at noon. We become suspicious men. But like, don't lie. Like, neither of us was angry or anything. We just thought it was like funny and weird. I thought it was very funny, but I also yeah. thought, like, you know what? Like, what the fuck? I mean, it's like slightly offensive to have photos of yourself circulated as a potential criminal. Somebody sent it to me and was like, "Who's the loose unit now?" <laughs> um, and then you know, and then Senator Von Imhoff, you know, she, she had also texted me and said, you know, why are you casing my neighbor's driveway? I'm not casing anybody's driveway. I'm, I'm, we would knock down the door. Yeah. Somebody told me later that there were rumors or, or they were telling, uh, somebody was saying that we had like walked all around his house and through his yard. And so I was like, That's no way. So yeah, weird. Knocked on his door. <laughs> just like anybody would knock on yeah. someone's door. So we start working the piece. And then at this point we, we start making more calls. We start doing more research and we start getting contacted from, from homeowners, from people involved in the homeowner association. And then people became aware we, we won't say the name, but, but, you know, a, a very well known business person called us and basically that's where the riffraff comment came from. You know, even once he realized we knew what we were talking about, it was like, even if you're right, we don't want a bunch of riffraff on, on, on our lake. lake. What's your yeah. agenda? If we wanted to live on a lake like that, we'd live in Wasilla. And that's what I said. <laughs> that is actually what he said. That's yeah. what I said. Oh my, <laughs> cause we're calling these people together. We're on the phone. We're taking notes. 
So we, we put the piece together and, you know, essentially it was the history of the lake, you know, and we, you did all that research on David Alm and George McCullough, the, the original mm-hmm. builder, because they'd owned the property basically. And the lake was, was man-made. Oh yeah. Can, can we talk about that? For oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's, that's just such a weird, fascinating bit of Alaska history. Um, kind of back in the fifties, I think Alaska generally was this place where like any old dude with a 12 pack of bud and a bulldozer and a dream could basically go out and like do whatever they wanted. There were people just doing crazy stuff all over the state. And one of these guys or two of these guys were almond McCullough. They bought up a bunch of the land around Campbell Lake, which was just an intertidal wetland, kind of like, um, uh, what is it like fish Creek? So just uh, Mm -hmm. kind of little, little Creek widening through mud flats so that, um, so they bought up all the land around it and they, uh, just bulldozed a bunch of earth into the mouth of this intertidal estuary and backed up the Creek and created Campbell Lake. So it's a completely artificial uh, feature. And they did this so that it would increase the value of the land, um, that they owned around the lake. So instead of saying, you know, buy a lot at the edge of this intertidal swamp, swamp. (laughs) (laughs) they were saying, I mean, and they very intentionally created it to be an exclusive private lake. So they started telling people, you know, buy, buy a lot on, uh, you know, live your Alaska dream at the edge of your own exclusive private lake. And they made a huge amount of money. And then I think, um, I think McCullough, it was either Almer McCullough went up to Talkeetna and then did the exact same thing, backed up another, uh, mm-hmm. you know, flooded another wetland. It's the kind of thing that like the EPA would take every, everything you owned now, if you did. But. And you, you had found the old USGS map from, from before, before the lake was made and it showed the actual Creek going yeah. into the water. And then we had the yep. updated, you found the updated USGS where that, that reflected the lake. Yep. Yeah. In the old fifties maps, you can actually see, um, Campbell Lake just is not existent. It's just, uh, it's just the end of Campbell Creek. Um, so these two guys made it and I kind of started this myth that it was private and, uh, the myth just never, never really, never really died. So we, um, we do the story. We're doing all the research in the background, the lake, uh, I learned a ton myself, this whole section line situation. Um, you know, the, 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 the fact that it was kind of not known by anybody and, and, you know, Von Imhoff tried to eliminate it. It's at this point, we still didn't really know. I think we suspected money had been spent because, you know, we knew about the, the, the earthquake and they had to uh, drain the lake in the summer, uh, in 2019, they had to drain the lake Remember, mm, for uh, the yeah. earthquake damage yeah. that the pipe broke. So we do all this research uh, I think we put together a great piece of, of journalism. We publish it on September 20th and we publish it really late. It was like one in the morning or two in the morning. It was, we were working on it. We, we wanted to get it, you know, we were in your house Remember, we yeah. were trying to get it down to like perfection. We published it. Um, I think we were at my house. We're actually, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, 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 we took a, we took a shot of whiskey. We, we alternated writing that piece between like, I think steam dot. And then we spent a lot of time at flat top. So we'd like be, yeah, there's quite a bit of coffee. Because you, you do a section, I would do a section, and then we kind of look at both. It was, it, was, yeah. it was a lot of, it was took weeks to but, put together. But but it was like an intense marathon. Like, it's all we did for we Like, once we started writing a story, it was just so fun and so compelling. And we were calling people, and they'd give this great, you know, a great quote. And then we'd call somebody else and get this amazing information. And I think, we, I think finding, we found the guy, the only person in public comment, when Von Emhoff tried to eliminate the easement, one guy had had, had uh, made a comment basically saying, this is crazy. Why would you eliminate this public access? And, and his, you know, we had his name. We found him on Facebook. Remember yeah, that guy? Yeah. Yeah. And we talked to him and he was shocked that 
he thought it was probably eliminated. He didn't follow yeah. up, and he was he gave us a good quote. Mm-hmm. We publish it, and man, fuck, that thing took off. Oh, it's I mean, crazy. It was, yeah. it was, it was insane. I mean, it was. I remember that next weekend, I had gone up to Talkeeton to meet some friends for the weekend. We're having like a kind of end of season party for this business. This guy I know bought a hotel, and there was 30, 40 people there, and uh, it was insane. They were like, "I wish you were there." They were like high fiving me. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody I knew had read it. I mean, it was at every yeah. forum. It was shared. I mean, it, it ended up being shared ten thousand times. But I mean, I think it got shared. A, Within a couple of days, a couple thousand times. Oh yeah, usually Maybe. my my phone started blowing up at four in the morning, like, which was like I think an hour after we published it. Other thing is was all the comments we got from from the on the article itself, email. We still get emails, mm-hmm. but the amount of people like the guy that was chased, you know, that floated on there on the on the um, paddleboard. Yeah, well, it just unleashed this huge flood of people who were just furious to have been chased off the lake by residents. Um, Almost and, everybody. Mean, the the has, public indignation was like really overwhelming, and sometimes slightly like I was like, "Whoa, that's like too much." Everyone has a story. Yeah. So we start. We start at this point. We said, "Well, you know, there's there's more to do here. I mean, there's there's more follow up. Let's look at." And, and I'd gotten a tip after the article came out. I'd gotten a tip. Look at the money the state had spent on the lake, and I said, "What? What? You know, what do you like? What money? I I, I couldn't even imagine." And. It was it was dredging. Um, there was there was this whole dam situation. So we start going in to, to to the to the researching and investigating all of this, the money that was spent on the lake city and state. Mm-hmm. And that was the second article, and we found millions. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it, and that really goes back to the fact that this uh, Campbell Lake is just not it's not a natural feature. Um, the dam has gone out. Um, I think it at least once in a big way. And I think it's been rebuilt twice. The quake, the quake, it went out when the quake had the 64 quake. Oh, did, is that when it yeah. went out first? Yeah. And they had to redo it. And then it was rebuilt more recently. Too. Well, so we, we found out that in that, that second article, we found out that the city had for whatever reason rebuilt it in like 1990 and taken responsibility for it. And, you know, into perpetuity. Yeah. So this is kind of crazy. Um, the, 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 the Campbell Lake HOA said you, you're putting your runoff water into our lake, causing yeah. pressure on our dam Therefore, you have to pay to rebuild rebuild our dams. So, um, Campbell Lake, because it's an unnatural lake and it was just, it's just flooded tidal flats. It's extremely shallow. I mean, huge portions of the lake you can literally um, walk through. It's like not even knee deep. We've pack rafted um, it. You just got out of your yeah, back raft. Yeah, just... it was like ankle deep there. I don't even think I could paddle that part of it. Um, there's a huge amount of silt in the Anchorage Bowl, and that flood floodplain was entirely made out of silt. And any silt that runs down Campbell Creek. Um, it, it's going to precipitate out of the Creek as soon as the Creek loses velocity. Right. So any runoff that goes into the lake, um, it, the, uh, silt, the other material is just going to precipitate out and then continue filling up the lake. So the, the that lake is just inevitably going to fill up with silt over and over and over again until the end of time. But the, uh, landowners around Campbell Lake convinced the city somehow that, the city was responsible for the runoff and therefore public funds should be used to dredge their private lake, which is just really to, to, kind of an audacious to, thing. To, to be fair, they did do an assessment. They did pay for some themselves. I think each homeowner was assessed 8,000 bucks. Yeah. But, but yeah, the yeah. state also paid money for it. Oh, that's true. Um, yep. And but going back to the dam, the city paid for that. And we don't even know how much it was. They couldn't even tell us because it was going back 30 years. And they, all they know is it was paid for. The city paid for it. And you know the, the re- rebuilding the dam, and it's 
basically they're maintaining it into, into perpetuity. I think the most important thing to note here is we, we weren't the first people to bring this up. We had gone back and ADN um, letters, opinion pieces, even some, we found some legal opinions from the 1970s. A lot of folks thought this lake was public. Yeah. Um, but it never, yeah. it never got anywhere because the obvious answer is the, 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 the wealth and the influence of the folks who live on the lake. I mean, you have Senator Von Imhoff, Rasmussen, you have, you know, the GC, Ron Duncan, GCI, you got Jim Jansen from Linden Air Cargo, you got Alice Rogoff lived on the lake. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a lot of very wealthy, powerful people. So there was probably just never a, a really any kind of motivation or desire from assembly legislators, anybody to go and change that. Yeah. I mean, I talked to a biologist from um, ADFNG um, and he said like back in the eighties or nineties, I think he looked into Campbell Lake and realized, Oh my gosh, this is, this is a public lake. You know, what's going on. And he brought the issue to his superiors and was told, you know, quote, there's too many rich and powerful people on that lake. Or I think he said he was told something to that effect, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and other, other, you know, ran, this is actually, this is kind of funny. Uh, I don't think we've, we've written about this before, but there's a group of attorneys who called themselves like the water skiing lawyers. And they had realized that Campbell Lake was a public lake. And uh, somebody had let them bring their uh, motorboat down through their private property. And then these, these attorneys would go water skiing around on the lake. And whenever the residents yelled at them, they would just say, nope, public lake. And then the residents would kind of storm off, you know, furious, but they're, there was nothing they could do. I didn't even um, know about this. When, when yeah, was this? Isn't that funny? <laughs> when was this? Recently or? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Somebody just told me about it. It was like the water skiing lawyer. So there were like little groups of people, like you know, individual biologists or some you know land use attorney. I think Tony Knowles mentioned to me that when he was. Um, oh uh, yeah, you, you did Trail Tales, right? Didn't they introduce you as the Campbell Lake author? Yeah. Didn't you get some like riveting applause? <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah. Um, uh, he came up afterwards and said that he had been on kind of a zoning or platting commission and he had raised the issue too and was kind of just told like, you know, no, there's nothing we can, we're going to do about that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, plenty. I mean, this is I mean, a guy who was all, a, who was a mayor, two-term yeah. mayor and two-term governor of Alaska. I'm, I'm not sure he was at, at the but time. Eventually, this I mean, up, this is a guy yeah. who, you know. Yeah. I mean, the fact is it's, some people have acted like we made it a public lake and that's just absolutely false. The reality is it was always a public lake. People were always allowed on it. It was never, ever private. So we, you know, the, the idea that we're like, cause some people have kind of treated us like activists or something. And like, we're just not, I mean, we made a, uh, it was an issue of fact. Like, is this a public lake or a private lake? And the fact is it's a public lake. I think it, just, it, you know, just, it always it, was like, we didn't change anything. It just took people like, you know, we had, we have the reach to, to reach folks. And then we had an interesting story and, you know, we didn't care about really didn't care about the repercussions. We said, this is what it is. And we want to put it out there and it's yeah. a good story. The, the, so yeah, we but, did, but, but like most importantly, like it, all we did was report facts, right? We didn't yeah. make any argument that it should be public. It should be private or something. We just said, this is what it is. I think we, we did make the funny argument about how that's probably, they've probably commandeered more, more space than all of the homeless camps combined. That, that was Medrid actually. On, I think he said that on the phone to me or something. I thought that was. He a, told us that when we were talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really good observation that, um, you know, when, when kind of lower income or desperate people are, I mean, and this is a whole separate issue, obviously, uh, it's not a perfect parallel maybe, but um, when lower income people are sort of using public land, um, everybody's very outraged, but then uh, when some of the most privileged people in our community effectively seize an enormous asset um, and and literally drive other people off of it, you know, 
why is that okay? I mean, should that, why is that okay? Or should that be okay? Mm -hmm. Or how is that any different really? So, so we do the article about the money, the dredging, the dam, all the other stuff, the city and state, the millions that were spent over the years. And then we dug deeper and we started looking into the whole, how did this even happen? How was this kind of myth perpetuated? Um, this ruse over, over the years. And we started going into these old, you know, platting and zoning minutes. And we found out that was a third article was the uh, coordination from the HOA in the city. And it's just incredible how some of the, some of the, the brazen um, documents from the HOA back in the seventies that said like, this is a public private lake. Like people cannot ever give people access without permission. I mean, some of the, some of the quotes or some of the lines and some of those documents were just, and the city approved all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is really, this whole story is just a really good example of what happens when you have a lie and repeat it over and over and over again. It's like, you know, it doesn't make it true. It just makes it a gigantic, clumsy, bizarre, top heavy lie. Um, so you end up with this whole, all these agreement, these legal agreements that are built off of the premise that Campbell Lake is a private lake and, you know, the public will never be allowed on it. And the city is affirming that it's a private lake. And it's like, it just, it just makes the lie weirder the, you know, as time went on. The other thing we found later, and this is again, I think when I go back and read the first one, I, I just think of it's, it's such a good piece, but it's also, there's so much we didn't know. Like we didn't know what we didn't know. And then we found out all this other stuff. So we found out that, that Ron Imhoff had hired Dowell Engineering to basically, and this is one of the funniest things, I think, on the <laughs> yeah. whole story, to, to basically yeah. to, to show and, and, and prove that um, the, the access should be eliminated. You know, right, right, why it should be eliminated. And one of the things I thought was so bizarre, and I don't know how much he paid them, I'm sure it wasn't cheap, that, that they said it was so steep. The grading was so steep. It would be a danger yeah. to the public. I mean, yeah. and this is back before the house, the house was developed. Yeah. So one of the arguments for eliminating easements is that, uh, or eliminating section line easements, because you, you can't just eliminate section line easements. Um, I think just real quick to the listeners. Yeah. Those are part of the rectangular survey system. It's RS2477. This goes back into the 1800s. Most of the country um, is in these one square mile grids. Uh, called townships and these section lines are where the grids meet and they're used for roads and for access. So somebody can't buy all the land around a lake or around a mountain and say, it's mine. And these section line easements are clearly for that purpose. And they're the, 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 the most clear type of easement for access. Yeah. And they're there for a reason with, with very few, relatively few exceptions. If you have, if there's a section line pretty much anywhere in the state, like you can fire up a chainsaw and cut a trail on it. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, so that's the kind of easement. I think, that, I think they say, don't they say hand tools? But we were kind of yeah, like, it's, I, it's I, confusing. I said, I said, a chainsaw is a hand tool, right? And they said, because mm, we remember DNR wouldn't really give us much information either. Yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, you, they didn't want to say much. Nobody wanted to say much. As soon as you Gover- start, government start saying, can I do, you know, X, Y, Z with a chainsaw to the people in government it makes them nervous. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of easement that crossed uh, the Von Imhoff property. Um, the Von Imhoff Acres, I think is what it was called. Um, and, uh, I love that. Well, it's like <laughs> green acres is the place to be. <laughs> so you can't, you can't just make them go away. Um, but you can argue that there's an alternate route that's more topographically, you know, topographically feasible or say a section line runs through a marsh. You can try to argue that the section line should run around the marsh on a trail basically, or something. Basically DNR says to eliminate it, you have to show, show or pro- provide great, equal or greater access. Yeah. 
So the Von Imhoffs hired, um, so they had Tim Potter, who's a, an engineer at Dowell Engineering, write a memo saying, uh, this was a memo to the Muni that said that, um, the sec- that section line easements are for road building and that a road will never be built there. Um, and that the grade is uh, so steep that it could never be used for any kind of public access. And uh, the Muni uh, largely agreed with that. And they supported fully eliminating the public easement. Um, luckily, it's not, well, luckily for the public, it's not really up to the Muni. Yeah, um, exactly. The state decides. Yeah. So the state said, okay, well, you can move the easement a little bit um, into a more, quote, topogra- topographically feasible location. So they made the easement quite a bit smaller. Um yeah. But, they, but they rejected the notion that it should be entirely eliminated. And, and, and um, now we can clearly see that there's a fucking driveway oh, the, that goes the, all... The, uh, the irony is that, yeah, Potter was saying this is too steep to permit um, public access, but Von Imhoff and her neighbor literally built driveways on the easement, on on the on the quote-unquote too steep um, easement. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, another another thing you can definitely... Uh, you know, another lesson from this whole story is just kind of what's what's possible when you have uh, sort of money, un- money and will, and, um, and, and and here's where here's where our boy our boy Doctor Frost comes back. Oh, that- and I, I, I'm just going to point out too, just super quickly that the argument that um, section line easement. So this engineering firm argued to the municipality that section line easements are only for building roads, and that's just categorically false, absolutely false. Yeah, that is yeah. not the. Section lines are not limited to roads. They include trails, hunting paths, snow machine trails, four wheeler trails, and you know all kinds of access that Alaskans use. It's it is not a road easement. So um, so so but, this, yeah, but is, but nobody at the Muni questioned it. They were just like, well, okay. And this this is where our boy Doctor Frost comes back into the picture. The guy yeah. who sent out the pictures of us as criminal trespassers and the, and the beware of these guys. We found so we go back into all the minutes and all the all the meetings on on this topic, and we find a letter. That Fro- so fr- that Frost sent, uh, you know, on behalf of the Von Imhoffs, um, application to vacate the easement. He was he was supporting that, and and we never talked to the guy other than trying to knock on his door and remember the the, the surveillance footage, and this guy's letter was so, I mean, brazen and something that he never thought the public would get a hold of, and he had basically uh, threatened the city and said this the public is never going to have to use this easement. It's a private lake. And, and he said something like, um, he even says, this is called NIMBY. And then he goes, if you ever... He calls, to, he calls himself He calls himself NIMBY. NIMBY. <laughs> and he goes, if you ever want to sue us or pursue this, we have enough resources to fight you, and you can't, you can't afford to fight us. Yeah, or like, it says, like, imagine how hard we'll fight against. Yeah, like, 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 we, yeah. like you can't mess with us. I was like, yeah. wow, so I guess he did know about it, because we never knew until we saw yeah. that letter. Yeah. Um, and that article got ton of traction because it showed that this wasn't just, you know, somebody said it and everybody believed that it. it was, there was coordination on the city level, local of, you know, going back to the seventies. Yeah. And he, another point that he made that I thought was interesting was that he said, um, if the city develops this and makes Campbell Lake a public lake, um, which to me, by the way, suggests that he kind of knew that it was maybe, um, anyway, he says you'll destroy the value of, uh, or, or harm the value of the homes along Campbell Lake. And you'll erode the city's tax base. Well, I, I mean, I think that's kind of an open question how the value of those homes is affected by everybody knowing that the lake is public. But one thing that I would bring up too is that there's just very little consideration for all the 
thousands and thousands of Anchorage residents who live right around Campbell Lake, but who for many decades were told that they weren't allowed to be on it. They weren't, you know, they weren't allowed to take their kids boating. They weren't allowed to skate on it. They weren't allowed to ski on it. Yeah, we, we so have, for, we, for every house that's on Campbell Lake, even if the value of that home is affected, you know, there's a hundred homes adjacent to Campbell Lake who now um, have occupants who know that they're allowed to use their neighborhood lake. I mean, there, there were literally entire generations of kids growing up in South Anchorage who were barred from their neighborhood lake. And we, we, there was a guy in the back, there was a guy on the um, paddleboard that was, you know, was marooned and was being yelled at. We had a guy that told us he was escorted off the yeah. lake. We had, I mean, so many stories came in of people who were removed or asked to leave or harassed for trying to go on the yeah. lake. Like um, how, how great is it that, you know, all these tens of thousands of people living around there and now they, they get their neighborhood lake back. I mean, I mean, they never lost it, but now, they, now they know they're allowed to be there. So during the course of all this, I had kept getting emails and co- we both of us and getting contacted by people saying, well, what's the status? Like what's going on? You know, like, well, like when can we use the easements? How, how do we use the easements? And, you know, I kept telling people, I'm don't ask me, you know, we, we just did the story. So I had gone to the assembly a couple of times and I had basically told the assembly, Hey, I'm just letting you guys know that I keep getting contacted by people um, asking about this. And, you know, we, we, obviously this is a story that people are talking about. Can, can you guys, you know, please give, give, let us know, or, or what's the city's position. And we had, you know, for a few months go, goes by and, you know, I talked to assembly members and I talked to legislators about it and, and um, state officials. And I mean, I think the public was demanding um, a statement or, or a response from the city and the state. And it took not even three months, two and a half months. And that's when the city and state came out with a joint statement affirming the lake is in fact public. Another thing is this Sturgeon case, which is pretty, pretty fresh in Alaskans minds, John Sturgeon, who a similar kind of issue, public access to navigable waterway. His was in the, the uh, federal, federal lands, Yukon Charlie, but everybody's kind of aware of that case, you know, the Sturgeon case. Was that, that was the nation river. Yeah. Right. You caught, you caught, yeah, you caught Charlie. Okay. I gotcha. So went to the Supreme court twice, one twice kind of unprecedented, there was even comments from the Supreme Court justices, you know, about, I think it was Kagan made the comment, like, Alaska's just different or yeah, something yeah. like that. But they had come up with this public, or the statement affirming it's public. And this is the first time we had ever heard that, in fact, the easement keeps going. These section line easements don't, you know, they're lines on maps. And there's another easement or access point on the north side of the lake, which actually is the better access yeah, so it runs right off the end of, is that, that's Jewel Lake. It goes into Jewel Lake. Jewel yeah. Lake is on the section line. Jewel Lake is the section line. Yeah, so be, these section line easements are usually used for building, for locating major roadways, um, which is obviously one very good use for them. Um, so where Jewel Lake terminates near Campbell Lake, um, if you can just continue the line of Jewel Lake Road to Campbell Lake, I mean, that's that's uh, public easement that's section line easement. And, and, and that's what we didn't even realize was there until that point and yeah. there's two houses on each side of it and it basically goes through it goes throughout there's a house on top of that easement yeah that somebody just built a house in, in 76 the of the, oh really that's when it was built 76 Man. um and that, that's just another example you know this is what happens when you let this lie compound you end up with bizarre stuff happening like somebody has a house that is on a public easement, you know, it's just, it's really bad to let this stuff grow. I just think it's incredible that in two and a half months, it took two and a half months for the city and state to come out with this. I think one of the best parts in there was basically you can't to the pup, to the owners, you know, public can't be harassing folks or being rude or being on private property, but to the, to the residents, to the owners, um, you can't be harassing these people. That's also a crime. Yeah. yeah. To harass folks that are legally, you know, using the lake 
how yeah. it's meant to be used. The Constitution's very clear on this in Alaska. We didn't yeah. mention that, but access to navigable waterways. Um, but, you know, two and a half months, they came out with this statement, which to me is pretty amazing because this, this lie, this myth, this ruse was perpetuated for decades. You know, since the 59 it was built, but really the 70s were when they really started to kind of coordinate with the city and, and, and make, make it clear it was p- yeah. private to, to folks. So, I mean, we're talking about 40 plus years of, of a myth being undone and, you know, officially two and a half months. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, I mean, the whole thing was just house of cards and we just like blew on the bottom one. It's still, I, I don't, do you, do you still people, I can still, I still have people bring it up to me all the time. Oh yeah, constantly. I, yeah. I, I was at the yeah. store and somebody said, hey, aren't you the Campbell Lake? Guy? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And, and then after the article, the first article came out, the big, the big feature, I mean, you had gotten, you had, you had gone on Alaska Public Media, Dan Fagan show. I think yeah, we had a lot of yeah. people reaching out to us and, um, and it's steering. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, incre- it's incredible. I think it's, it's just something that all came from some guy fucking with you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you wouldn't have uh, contacted DNR if that guy wouldn't have blocked the road. Probably. No, right? we all, we all would have been going about our lives, uh, still thinking it was a public lake or a private lake. I think, I think last thing is, you know, this got so big that storm Campbell Lake event occurred that, that we didn't, have anything you know we didn't it wasn't our event but obviously we went to it but the fact that we had that that event there we went to it and we had the food and the, the grill and and uh, all the folks showed up we had you know we had multiple assembly people show up former legislators mm-hmm. um john weddleton came chris constant came eric merrill candidates former legislators merrill candidates so and just a bunch of people remember the one guy who came with his family who said we've lived here for years and for decades never, never been able to come out of here yeah that's what i'm saying that was like honestly kind of touching this guy came out with his wife and his kids and uh, they live pretty close by. Yeah. They live like, you know, a couple blocks away from the lake. And this guy was saying, yeah, I grew up here and I just, I was just always told I'm not allowed on their lake. Um, and he was just looking around and saying like, man, I just never knew the view of the mountains was so beautiful from the, from this lake. And he, you know, he was there with his little girls and like, yeah, that was just like kind of, kind of a uh, wonderful other, uh, other thing was one of the main arguments initially before the first story came out was, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, float plane base. And that's why it's, uh, you know, people can't be on here. And I think there's two things to, to point out. One is that lake's fucking huge. <laughs> I mean, it's big. Yeah. And two is there's so many lakes around the state that are used in, you know, con- conjunction with personal watercraft and, and recreation. And I think the Lynn Gaddis quote was pretty good in the first story who lives on a float plane lake in, in Wasilla. Yeah. Who said, you know, is this really about um, safety so or is this about, about keep, yeah. keeping, you know, the lake private. Yeah. I mean, the re- everybody knows we, for our article, we looked up satellite photos of, um, all the huge array of watercraft that, uh, the Campbell Lake residents have on the lake. And that's just what's visible from, uh, from space. And it was, you know, hundreds of kayaks. I, I, I like your cruisers and I like you know, your quote. Whatever. They have enough personal watercraft to reenact the, the Dunkirk <laughs> evacuation. That's cause you just made me watch that clip. And it just reminded me so much of that. Yeah, okay. There's, there's actually a little Easter egg in the article that I'm going to let people know about. Um, if you hover over the word Dunkirk evacuation in the original article, it's a, it's a hidden link and you can click on it and yeah, see what happens. I forgot about that. That's pretty funny. It's pretty majestic. So it's just, it's just an incredible deal. And, um, I, I'm, I'm really happy we did that. And yeah. I think, I don't want to say who it was, but a legislator told me, uh, a legislator told me, um, you know, if you die tomorrow, you, you, you can, you can be happy that you, you did something, you changed <laughs> something, you did something meaningful. So well, I, I don't see, I, th- that's an awesome quote. I, I like that. Um, 
But uh, the reality is this is definitely not a settled issue too. Um, Campbell Lake is one of the only lakes, if not the only lake in Anchorage that you're allowed to snow machine on and take jet skis jet on skis, yep. and, uh, you know, motor uh, boats with motors. And, um, but the access is just really, really the, the, bad the, right now. The, the access, the, the easement, the North easement is great in the winter. You can ski on it. You can get out there. It's frozen lake. We, we were out there today. I mean, the easement's yeah. fine, but as far as, you know, ever developing the easements with a trail or, cause to get jet skis onto a lake, you really have to, yeah. from the trailer back it in and, Right now, the easements aren't designed to, to, to be allowing vehicles or folks to... I mean, you but, could take a canoe out there pretty easily or, or but, a small boat. But, but. but even that aside, I mean, even if we're not talking about motorized stuff, um, there's going to be a ton of pressure. Like, we have summer rolling around again. It was in the 50s today. People are going to really want to start going out and paddleboarding and canoeing and kayaking on the lake. And if and the city... I mean, somebody needs to step up and uh, figure out public access, good public access to that lake. Because otherwise, there's going to be... You know, it's just it's there's just going to be confusion. That's phase. Well, that, that's 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 phase two, and the HOA needs to, I think, has a role in this, and and you know, um, yeah. fixing or what would you call it? Not not. Um, I, I guess just fixing some of this. They've created. I mean, they've, they've created this over the decades. Yeah, I mean, Recon- I, I, reconciling. Yeah, like we we wrote about and I think exposed the reality of the situation, but it's up to other people now to deal with that in a constructive way. And whether that's going to be the city or the state or the HOA or individual landowners, somebody has to do it. Cause it's going to be a huge mess if nobody steps up to the plate on that. I think the summer will be really interesting, especially once this distancing COVID stuff calms down. What, uh, what that lake's going to, I mean, I've had, you know, I'm personally going to be buying one of those big flamingos inflatable for three or four people. You don't already own one? No, I don't. But but you can put some beers in the middle. You can throw a little little ice in there and be real nice. Yeah. Um, you know what? I guess one other thing I would say about this whole thing is that after we published the article, I got so many emails from people, and you did too, from people all around the state who oh, were hun- saying, hundreds of emails. Oh, like you got to come to Homer and write about yep. this easement. You got to come to Kodiak and write about... Talking you know, this, and this This kind of thing is happening... Um, all over the state in all these different ways and all these different places. All over the uh, country. We had the guy from Oregon. There's a similar lake issue in Oregon. We had people reach out to us from there talking about it. Well, but what's, what's special about Alaska is that we have really an unequaled constitutional protection for uh, access to, to uh, navigable waterways and other wild places. And uh, like I was saying earlier, we're like Jeff and I are not activists. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like we're, we're just, you know, it doesn't make you an activist to say, um, you know, this is, this is public space or this is public access. It, a lot of this really just, um, requires that you, uh, be aware of and affirm the existing, uh, laws. And I think when cities and states and people and municipalities, um, don't respect those constitutional, um, protections for access to wild places in Alaska, it creates problems like Campbell Lake and there's problems like Campbell Lake happening. Yeah. All over the state. Yeah, now. We, we, you know, there's, there's other, pro- there's problems on hillside that are substantially the same. We've heard from, I'd say at least three or four, I mean, we've heard from hundreds of people, but I think there's three or four really credible stories we could follow up on that are, that are, you know, similar type situations, people putting up gates over section line easements or, you know, people just totally blocking off access to something. Um, that we you know might, might need to look into at some point. It's just to do this thing. It, I think people don't understand how much work goes into it. 
Yeah. You know, how, how yeah. many hundreds yeah. of hours of, of research and writing and discussing and meeting and interviewing people. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a, and, and you did such a yeah. good job on the special feature with the images and, and the, the, how you integrated all the information and how you made it, some of the graphs, you, pictures you made. It was just very, very, very clear yeah, to the reader. You, you did a great yeah. job with that. Special features editor, yeah. Mr. Paxson. <laughs> But yeah, I mean this, this, uh, this, uh, these wild places and, and this, this access. It's it's really one of the things that makes Alaska super uh, special. So I hope, even if people aren't affected by um, Campbell Lake specifically, I hope people um, come away from that story with just more appreciation for uh, kind of their their legal rights and and this yeah awesome thing we have in Alaska. Well, we're gonna be watching this summer. We're gonna see what happens and. Uh I think this is one that people are going to keep bringing up for. I think we, like I said, in the end, we, we actually changed um, a conventional wisdom that everybody accepted. It's kind of incredible when you think about it. Are you going to pull out the Speedo for your uh, flip, flamingo I'll be flip? I'll be wearing my Speedo. Ooh. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, will be I wonder what the lakeside residents will think of that. Well, well you know, to be, I guess to be fair, too, there has been some harassment. We know that, but also some of the folks that we, we did the, 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 um, we floated, you know, pack rafted out there once. And then the, the storm deal, some, some of them are actually great people who don't really care. They seem to be very open to, you know, the lake being public. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad you pointed not, that not out. Not everybody is, you know, chasing folks off or th- there is that element, but I think my, my kind of, my, my kind of idea in my mind is a third of them are the hardcore, get the fuck out of here. You know, a third of them are kind of ambivalent that they don't really care either way. And then a third of them are like, yeah, come on on. <laughs> yeah. A couple of people came out to that Storm Campbell Lake event and they were like, these, you know, screw these rich people. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like a bunch of them are, you know, a bunch of them didn't probably yeah, didn't know. Some of them I'm sure did. There were some know. Bernie folks. out there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sure, you know, a bunch of them, I'm, I'm sure like really cool, fine people who are probably, you know, might be a little anxious about the change on their lake. But um, yeah, I, there, there's, they're not. It, Living on Campbell Lake doesn't doesn't make you a bad person, and none of this was about any, you know, cutting down anybody living on the lake. It's just it was just like I said earlier, is a, a it was an issue of fact, and we just put the fact out. I just want to say one more time again that you know this was not some vendetta because it still comes <laughs> up once in a while. Like people are thinking this was me kind of going out and trying to ooh look what I found. It was it was uh, it was all because a guy, you know came up to you and harassed you and was a dick to you. Because <laughs> this cop was being kind of a dick. Yep. Well, Paxton, I appreciate you doing this. I've been meaning to do this for a while. I was in Juno, and I think it's uh, I think it's important to to lay this out because it's such an amazing story, and especially from where it, where it started to how it ended. I mean, it was a kind yeah. of a, a journey, you know, a three-month journey. I, I, I wonder if I, – I have no idea if that cop ever found out that we wrote about it. I, I think he actually moved away from the neighborhood, but I wonder if – I'm sure somebody texted him and said, hey, you fuck. I wonder if somebody was like, man, you know, you, you flexed a little too hard Dude, on Dude, look what you did, bro. <laughs> Literally, it's all, be, it's all because of that guy. And you moved. <laughs> all right, Paxson, well, thanks for this. And we're, we're folks, we have more special features. We're trying to do at least one of these a quarter – um, you did the, the one man's mountain. That's something else mm-hmm. we can discuss later. That's still, that's an ongoing yeah. actually, court battle we can talk about, but we're going to be doing more special features. We're trying to do one and a quarter. Um, it's a lot more work goes into those than, than just some average article. Um, so stay tuned for more of those and, and Paxton will be doing your special features editor. So yeah, anything, everything goes through you right right now. There's two special features on the landmine. There's two we're working Well, there's two that are on there and two we're kind of yeah. working on that are yeah. going to be a while. So yeah. we're, we'll, um, you know, we'll, stay we'll tuned for those. Out. Okay, Paxson, appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yep, anytime. Thanks. You're awesome. Landline.